are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And if you would like to get your own four volumes, head over to Tan Books and use the code PODCAST15 at checkout to save 15% off. And if you want to discuss today's readings, there's a Facebook group for that, the Mystical City of God and a Year podcast group, where you can interact with other listeners and readers and with me. Today is day 77, and we are reading from chapter 16, paragraphs 667 to 676. 667. The Most High accepted this morning offering from his tender spouse and holy child Mary. And with a most benign countenance, he said to her, Beautiful, art thou in my thoughts, daughter of the prince, my dove, my beloved and chosen one? I accept thy desires as highly pleasing to me, and I wish that, as a beginning of their fulfillment, thou take notice that, according to my divine ordainment, thy father Joachim must pass from this mortal to the eternal and immortal life. His death will happen shortly, and he will pass in peace, and shall be placed among the saints in limbo to await the redemption of the human race. This announcement did not disturb the royal heart of the Princess of Heaven, the Blessed Mary, but as the love of children for their parents is just a debt of nature, and as in the Most Holy Child this love had attained its highest perfection, the natural sorrow for the loss of her father Joachim could not be wanting, for she loved him with a holy love. The tender and sweet child, therefore, felt that this sorrowful compassion was perfectly compatible with the serenity of her magnanimous heart, and working in all things with grandeur, giving nature and grace each their due, she offered an ardent prayer for her father, St. Joachim. She besought the Lord to give him grace, to depend upon him as his powerful and true God in his transit through a blessed death, and asked him to defend Joachim against the demon, especially in that hour, preserve him for and constitute him among the number of the elect, since during his life he had confessed and magnified his admirable and holy name. And in order to oblige his majesty the more, the most faithful daughter offered to suffer all that the Lord might ordain. 6.68 The Lord accepted this petition and consoled the heavenly child by assuring her that he would assist her father as a most merciful and kind rewarder of those that love and serve him and that he would place him among the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At the same time, he prepared her anew for the acceptance and endurance of troubles. Eight days before the death of the patriarch Joachim, the Most Holy Mary received another notice from the Lord, advising her of the day and hour in which he was to die. His death took place only six months after her entrance into the temple. Having received this notice from the Lord, she requested the twelve angels mentioned by St. John in the Apocalypse, to assist her father Joachim and to comfort and console him in his sickness, which they did. For the last hours of his life, she sent all the angels of her guard, asking the Lord to make them visible to him for his greater consolation. God conceded this favor and confirmed all the wishes of his chosen and only one. And the great patriarch, most happy Joachim, saw the thousand angels which guarded Mary. In response to her prayer and wishes, the Almighty allowed his graces to overflow, commanding the angels to address Joachim as follows. 669. Man of God, may the Most High and powerful Lord be thy eternal salvation, and may he send thee from his holy place the necessary and opportune help for thy soul. Mary, thy daughter, has sent us in order to assist thee in this hour, 
in which thou must pay the debt of mortality to thy Creator. She is a most faithful and powerful intercessor before the Almighty, in whose name and peace thou wilt now pass, consoled and joyous from this world, because he has made thee the father of such a blessed daughter. Although his incomprehensible majesty, on account of his hidden decrees, has not as yet revealed the sacraments and dignity in which he shall invest thy daughter, he wishes thee to know it now in order that thou mayest magnify and praise him, and in order that the pain and sorrow of natural death may be relieved by the joy of thy spirit at this news. Mary, thy daughter, is chosen and ordained by the Almighty as the one in whom the divine word shall vest himself with human flesh and form. She is to be the happy mother of the Messiah, and the blessed among women, the most exalted among all creatures, and only inferior to God himself. Thy most fortunate daughter is to restore what the human race lost by the first sin, and she is the high mountain on which is to be established and constructed the new law of grace. Since thou leavest the world a daughter, through whom God will restore it and prepare a full remedy, do thou part from it in the joy of thy soul. And may the Lord bless thee from Zion, Psalm 127.5, and constitute thee in the inheritance of the saints, and bring them to the vision and enjoyment of the blessed Jerusalem. 670. During these words of the holy angels to Jochum, his spouse, holy Anne, stood at the head of his bed, and by the divine disposition she heard and understood what they said. In the same moment the holy patriarch lost the use of speech, and treading into the path common to all flesh, he commenced his agony in a marvelous struggle between his joy at this message and the pain of death. In this conflict of the interior powers of his soul, he made many fervent acts of divine love, of faith, of admiration, of praise, of thanksgiving, of humility, and heroic acts of many other virtues. Thus absorbed in the knowledge of so divine a mystery, he arrived at the term of his natural life and died the precious death of the saints. Psalm 115.15 His holy soul was carried by the angels to the limbo of the patriarchs and just souls, and for a new consolation and light in the protracted night in which they lived, the Most High sent the soul of Jochum as the last messenger and the legate of the Lord to announce to the whole congregation of the just that the dawn of the eternal day was at hand, that the morning light was breaking upon the world in most holy Mary, the daughter of Jochum and Anne, that from her was to be brought forth the Son of the Divinity, Christ, the Redeemer of all the human race. This great news the Holy Fathers and all the just in limbo heard and received with jubilee, and in their exaltation they sang many hymns of thanksgiving to the Most High. 671. This happy death of the patriarch St. Jochum happened, as I said, about a half year after his most holy daughter Mary had entered the temple. Hence, she was three and a half years old, when she was left without an earthly father. The age of the patriarch was sixty-nine years, divided as follows. At the age of forty-six years, he accepted St. Anne as his spouse in the twentieth year of his marriage. They were blessed with the most holy Mary, and the three and a half years of the age of her age at his death complete the sixty-nine and a half years a few days more or less. 672. After the death of the Holy Patriarch and Father of our Queen and Angels of her guard, at once returned to the presence of Mary, and related to her what had happened in the passing of her father, and immediately the most prudent child turned in solicitous prayers to the Lord, asking him to console and govern and assist her mother Anne with fatherly kindness in her solitude after the death of her husband. 
St. Anne also sent notice of the death of Jochum to the instructors of the heavenly princess, asking her to console the child and breaking this news to her. The teacher acted accordingly, and the most wise child listened to her, thankfully, concealing her own knowledge. However, it was with the patience and modesty of a queen, and of one who was not oblivious of the possibility of the event, which her instructress related to her as new. Acting in all things according to the highest perfection, she betook herself at once into the temple, reiterating her sacrifice of praise, humility, patience, and of other virtues, and progressing always with more accelerated and beautiful steps in the eyes of the Most High. Canticle 7.1 As a climax of these exercises, she, as usual, requested the holy angels to concur and assist in blessing God. Instruction which the Queen of Heaven gave me. 673. My daughter, renovate many times in the secret of thy heart thy esteem for the blessing of tribulations which the hidden providence of God dispenses for the justification of mortals. These are the judgments justified in themselves, Psalm 18, 10, 11, and more valuable than precious stones and gold, more sweet than the honeycomb to those who know how to hold them in proper esteem. I wish thee to remember my beloved that to suffer and to be afflicted with or without one's fault is a benefit which one cannot be worthy without special and great mercy of the Almighty. Moreover, to be allowed to suffer for one's sins is not only a mercy, but is demanded by justice. Behold, however the great insanity of the children of Adam nowadays is desiring and seeking after emoluments, benefits, and favors agreeable to their senses, and ceaselessly striving to avert from themselves that includes any hardship or trouble. It would be the greatest benefit to seek tribulations diligently, even when unmerited, yet they strive by all means to avoid them even when merited, and even though they cannot be happy and blessed without having undergone such sufferings. 674. When gold is untouched by the furnace heat, the iron by the file, the grain by the grinding stone, or flail, the grapes by the wine press, they are all useless and will not attain the end for which they are created. Why, then, will mortals continue to deceive themselves by expecting, in spite of their sins, to become pure and worthy of enjoying God, without the furnace or the file of sorrows? If they were incapable and unworthy of attaining to the crown and reward of the infinite and eternal good, when innocent, how can they attain it when they are in darkness and in disgrace before the Almighty? In addition to this, the sons of perdition are exerting all their powers to remain unworthy and hostile to God, and in evading crosses and afflictions which are the paths left open for the returning to God in rejecting the light of the intellect, which is the means of recognizing the deceptiveness of visible things, in refusing the nourishment of the just, which is the only means of grace, the price of glory, and above all in repudiating the legitimate inheritance selected by my Son and Lord for himself, and for all his elect, since he was born and lived continually in afflictions and died upon the cross. 675. By such standards, my daughter, must thou measure the value of suffering, which the worldly will not understand. Since they are unworthy of heavenly knowledge, they despise it in proportion to their ignorance. Rejoice and congratulate thyself in thy sufferings, and whenever the Almighty deigns to send thee any, hasten to meet it and welcome it as one of his blessings and pledges of his glorious love. Furnish thy heart with magnanimity and constancy, so that when the occasion of suffering is given thee, 
thou mayest bear it with the same equanimity as the prosperous and agreeable things. Be not filled with sadness in executing that which thou hast promised in gladness, for the Lord loves those that are equally ready to give as to receive. Sacrifice thy heart and all thy faculties as a holocaust of patience, and chant in new hymns of praise and joy the justification of the Most High. Whenever in the place of thy peregrination he signalizes and distinguishes thee as his own, which are no other than the tribulations and trials of suffering. 676. Take notice, my dearest, that my most holy son and myself are trying to find among those who are arrived at the way of the cross some soul whom we can instruct systematically in this divine science and whom we can withdraw from the worldly and diabolical wisdom in which the sons of Adam, with blind stubbornness, are rejecting the salutary discipline of sufferings. If thou wishest to be our disciple, enter into this school, in which alone is taught the doctrine of the cross and the manner of reaching true peace and veritable delights. With this wisdom, the earthly love of sensible pleasures and riches is not compatible, nor the vain ostentation and pomp which fascinates the blear-eyed worldlings who are so covetous of passing honors and so full of ignorant admiration for costly grandeur. Thou, my daughter, choose for thyself the better part of being among the lowly and forgotten ones of this world. I was mother of the God-man himself, and on that account mistress of all creation conjointly with my son. Yet I was little known, and my son was very much despised by men. If this doctrine were not most valuable and secure, we would not have taught it by word and example. This is the light which shines in the darkness, John one seven, loved by the elect and abhorred by the reprobate. This concludes our reading today for day 77. We've been reading from Book 2, Chapter 16, Paragraphs 667 to 676. I thought this was one of the most beautiful readings that we've heard thus far in the mystical city of God. I especially enjoyed hearing about the death of Jochum and what all took place according to these visions and revelations received by Maria of Agreda. At the very beginning of our reading today, we heard that the Mosai accepted this morning offering. And remember that morning offering was the prayer which ended yesterday's reading. And it ended with these words, Fulfill in me thy holy and perfect will. And so now, immediately following these words, we hear that the Mosai accepted this morning offering from his tender spouse and holy child, Mary. And as we think about the death of St. Jochum and how it was announced and how Mary was prepared for that death and how she wanted to pray for Jochum as he was in his last days of life, how the angels were sent to him, it's a very powerful reading to think about. And as we heard, because Jochum is going to die before Christ opens the gates of heaven, he's going to this waiting room, in a sense, you could say, this place of waiting for the Messiah to come and to open. But Jochum receives this knowledge. He knows. And so what does he do? He goes to that netherworld and he says, I have great news. Soon we will be delivered from this place and we will be in that eternal paradise. Remembering that as Jesus dies on the cross and in those three days he descends to the depths of the netherworld, he breaks the prison bars and he leads them into the joy of everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven. And so this is just 
again, I go back to the fact, a beautiful reading, one worthy of our reflection. And I think we can maybe recall people we know who have died. And maybe you were there when someone was dying. Maybe you experienced that. And perhaps it was a holy death in which they peacefully went. Maybe they were even praying. Maybe they said the name of Jesus as one of the very last words. Maybe as you were there, they told you, I see so-and-so, I see the angels. To be at someone's bedside at their death is a very holy experience. As they transition from this life to the next, as they go out to meet Christ, our Savior, we pray that we could have just a little bit of the holy death of St. Joachim. And what does Mary do afterwards? The child turned in solicitous prayers to the Lord, asking him to console, govern, and assist her mother Anne with fatherly kindness in her solitude. In my own ministry, I know individuals who are now widows, who those first few days after the person they spent so many years of marriage with, that they feel so alone, they don't know what to do. And maybe today, as we hear about Jochum's death and thinking about Mary's prayers for Anne, well, why don't we pray for someone we know that just has experienced a loss in their life, asking the Lord God to console them? I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm so grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.